Section 51 of Christmas and Christmas Lore. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Christmas and Christmas Lore. Section 51 Epiphany. From very early times, the religious observances of Christmas were extended to twelve days. Collier, ecclesiastical history accounts for this by a supposed law of king alfred to whom tradition has ascribed with equal probability almost every old english custom civil or ecclesiastical however the season's festivities usually ended with twelfth night or the feast of the epiphany which since eighteen hundred coincided with the christmas of the old style or unreformed calendar and was therefore observed for two or three generations as old christmas day indeed in west somerset there are traces of old christmas down to quite recent times it was especially the horses holiday for they were released from all labour and according to the kindly precept of st francis received an extra supply of provender all work on the farm was forbidden to violate that rule was sure to bring ill luck but it is uncertain whether this is in honour of christmas day old style or of the feast of the epiphany the ceremonies proper to this day were in commemoration of the wise men from the east who were led by the star to bethlehem patristic and mediaeval legend uniformly represents these as kings and finds in their pilgrimage and offerings a literal fulfilment of predictions in psalm seventy two ten and isaiah sixty six their royalty was firmly established in popular belief by the early part of the fourth century they were alleged to have been baptized by st thomas the apostle and what were supposed to be their embalmed bodies were brought to constantinople by the empress helena they were removed thence to milan and subsequently about eleven seventy to cologne where their bones still remain in a costly shrine the skulls being adorned with jewelled crowns of great value the belief that these visitors were kings is responsible for the curious ceremonial still practised in the chapel royal st james wherein the king now by proxy but formally in person makes a formal presentation of gold frankincense and myrrh down to the middle of the eighteenth century the king went in state preceded by heralds pursuivants and the knights of the garter thistle and bath in the collars of their respective orders but on the insanity of george the third all this was discontinued and in these days two gentlemen from the lord chamberlain's office take gold frankincense and myrrh from a box adorned at the top with a spangled star and place them on an arms dish held by the officiating clergyman the ceremony is very ancient but we have not been able to trace its origin a similar custom existed in spain in france the day is called le jeu des rois i.e. the day of the kings and it was so offensive to the revolutionary powers in seventeen ninety two that its observance was strictly forbidden 
Indeed, any priest found celebrating it would have been in imminent danger of death. In France and Italy during the Middle Ages, there were semi-dramatic representations of the Epiphany, not unlike the early ecclesiastical nativity plays. One of them is described in Fosbrook's Antiquities. Three priests, clothed as kings, with their servants carrying offerings, met from different directions before the altar. The middle one, who came from the east, pointed with his staff towards a star. After mutual salutations and a short dialogue, a procession was formed, and as soon as it entered the nave, a star resembling a cross was lighted up and pointed out to the kings with, Behold the star in the east! Two priests, standing on each side of the altar, said, We are they whom ye seek! And drawing a curtain, showed a child, whom, falling down, they worshipped. Then the servants presented the offerings of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The mage kings continued praying till they fell asleep. When a boy clothed in an alb, to represent an angel, addressed them with, All things which the prophet said are fulfilled. At Soissons, the star was represented by an iron circle bearing seven tapers let down by a rope from the roof of the church. A more elaborate mummery was exhibited by the preaching friars at Milan in 1336. The three kings appeared crowned, each on a great horse, richly caparisoned, and attended by pages, bodyguards, and a great retinue. A golden star was exhibited as going before them, at the pillars of St. Lawrence, they met King Herod with his scribes and wise men. They asked him where Christ should be born, and the scribes, having consulted their books, answered, At Bethlehem. Thereupon the three kings, having in their hands golden cups filled with frankincense, myrrh, and gold, marched with all their attendants to the church of St. Eustorgius. The golden star went before them, and they were preceded by trumpets and horns, also by asses, apes, and other animals. In the church on one side of the altar was a manger with ox and ass, and the Christ child in the arms of his mother, to whom the mage kings offered their gifts. In Italy, the gifts, which English, French, and German children expect at Christmas, are often delayed till Epiphany, when they are supposed to commemorate the gifts of the wise men to the Holy Child. The festival is often personified, like our Father Christmas, and the children ascribe the gifts to Befana. But Befana is somewhat of a bogey. Mothers tell naughty children that Befana will eat them. In Spain, the gifts at Epiphany are brought by the three holy kings, who go every year to Bethlehem to visit the holy child, and leave sweets and toys for good children, who put their shoes outside the window to receive them. In Spain, and also in Provence, the children formally went out on Epiphany Eve to see the kings pass by. Of course, they did not see them, 
the kings had passed behind the mountain. But the children were not long disappointed. After supper they went to church, and there were the kings kneeling in adoration before the Christmas crib. In many parts of France, Germany and Switzerland, on the eve of Epiphany, boys and sometimes also girls went about in masks and strange disguises, shouting, knocking at every door, and making a great noise to scare away ghosts and devils. In other places a mummery was performed, in which the leader carried on a pole a lantern in the form of a star, or perhaps a large gilt star, while the rest sang a carol in its praise. Our Anglo-Saxon forefathers identified the star of Bethlehem with a certain bright star which they called Earendel. In an Anglo-Saxon poem of the ninth or tenth century, we find this line, Hail, Earendel, brightest of angels. In some eastern communities it is said that at Epiphany, dough rises without being leavened but leaven made from this dough must on no account be lent to anyone. At Epiphany, the trees on the banks of Jordan bow and adore the Saviour. Of wassailing trees on the eve of Epiphany, we have treated already. In section 29, wassailing. End of section 51. Recording by Jane Bennett.